it's complicated and it's always changing. And I think that's, that's sort of one thing that sometimes I forget. This is Musicians Can Thrive, a podcast for anyone seeking to make money in the music industry. Musicians, audio engineers, managers, producers, venue owners, booking agents, everyone across all niches. Welcome. I'm Gabrielle Pittman, and I love music. Listening to it, writing it, producing it, living, breathing, and all that jazz. The music industry is complicated. And just like many other areas of human life, technology has completely disrupted it. Things might feel like they're changing faster than you can keep up with. Which is why I wanted to take the time to talk to Brandy and share with you how she's learned to build a resilient music career. Brandy Zidane is a rock star. Think badass guitarist, songwriter, music producer, and performer. She's got the kind of style you can spot from across the room that makes you think, now that's an artist. From the moment she walks in. Well, I've been I've been blessed to uh, make a living at music for the majority of my adult life. When I was I'm 35 now, and when I was 19, I think I graduated high school, and you know I worked some coffee shop jobs back in my hometown of Winnipeg. But really, I hit the road pretty quick, and um, dedicated my time to making a living. And I, I was in a duo and we, you know, we did well and we started touring around Canada and we started touring around the U S and then we went to Europe and I've been able to make a living off of that, but things shift, you know, they, they shift all the time. And I moved down to Austin and then the band broke up and then, okay, what do I do? And here I am as a side woman and, and, um, you know, working for someone like Ray Wiley Hubbard, just doing some, some office work. And I think the key is like, no matter where you are in your career, there's always downtime with, with what you're doing with touring or whatever it is. Or if it's just, if you're just a writer or if you're just a producer, there's always downtime. And sometimes the money isn't coming in and it's, it's feast or famine, to be honest. And you have to remember like, well, maybe I have to go, you know, be a nanny for a week or something just to get some extra money or like, what gear do I have to sell? It's always, there's always, you're always trying to figure it out. I think, and no matter what, or really no matter what stage of the game, no matter how much money is coming in, um, there's always that struggle. So I think the best thing that I've learned is to just be as resourceful as possible and to really be always thinking ahead and to be reaching out to people. I mean, I do a lot of, of side work, even now in my career, my solo career in, in one week from now, I'm going to play guitar with, with a woman for a tour, you know, um, in between my own stuff, just because there's no tour dates for me right now at this moment you know, you make work for yourself. So I'm constantly reaching out to people. Um, do you need some, like, do you need backup vocals? Uh, I reach out to producers all the time. Um, uh, like, Hey, I'm, I'm in town. If you need anything, I'm, I'm hit me up. But so being resourceful 
and, and being proactive. I think those are two really important things, you know, that, uh, that can keep it going. <laughs> it's interesting how I'm pretty sure I saw something about you being on the cover of Rolling Stone or Rolling Stone wrote about you. So on the one hand, your career is in some really exciting places, but you still feel like being resourceful and going and playing on other people's tours. I mean, it probably helps you stay in practice and be a better musician. And Well, it does, you know, I mean, there's, uh, where, you know, things are going really great with the new record and there's a, a lot of great press. Um, but I'm not on the road this moment. And, um, we are actually between booking agents. I mean, since this is like, you know, this is a podcast about, you know, musicians and how to make money and a living in business. Like I kind of tend to shy away from talking about business publicly, like where things are at. But with this kind of thing, it's like, uh, you know, we're between agents. We don't have an agent at this exact moment. So I have to, I have to think about, um, well, also that aside, touring is the way you make the most money. Like with the way you make your living for what, for what I'm doing, um, being an artist, you know, the record sales and, and it's not, it's, it's not something that's a reality that comes in. Like you, you make your money on the road and you make your money through selling merchandise on the road. So that being said, if you're not touring, you don't have the income and you know, like there can even be like, we're looking into the fall and the winter of tours, but like, okay, so what do I do until then? Yes. I, um, I get hired as a guitar player and I get hired at, uh, to, you know, sing backup vocals. And that doesn't, that's a thing too. It doesn't take away from what I'm doing. Like it only, it only adds to it. And like you said, it keeps me in practice and I, um, I get to woodshed for like all this week. I'm, I'm playing other people's songs and it's great. I learn new stuff about guitar. I learn new guitar tones. It's all working towards the same thing. Like it doesn't take away. And I think it's a victory any day when you can still be playing music and still be doing anything in the music industry and making a living, even though it's today, I'm not playing my own Brandy Zidane show, but like, you know, even when I am working on these songs, um, I still am working towards, I mean, it's, it's just ongoing and it's cumulative, you know, like it all, I think diversifying as well is really important. And there's a lot of, um, on one hand, there's the, the live performance stuff, but there's also the writing and the, and the, the licensing for film and TV, which is a big part of my own career. And I have a company working on that every day, you know, and you hope like the passive income, as they like to call, call uh, comes in the mailbox, the mailbox money, you know, that you get from a, a sync, a song being on a TV show or a movie for 30 seconds and you make a chunk of money. It's fantastic. So there's, there are irons on the fire all the time. And I think that's, I think that's really just being self-employed, you know, really at the end of the day, I think anybody, whatever there is, whatever it is they're doing, they like, you just, you just work all the time and you also love it. So that's okay to work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'm reminded of my dad. He, um, has had his own business for about 20 years 
and he works pretty much every day. Like I've never seen him take an entire day without just checking it on his computer at least once doing something. Yeah. 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 And like, he loves it. He loves that off and on schedule. And if you find a way to work with it, then it really can do something for you, I guess. Absolutely. I think that's the hard part about it all is that you kind of have to keep your head down and you have to hustle every day and you're working towards things. And it may seem like you're just kind of banging your head against the wall. And what I found too, is like, if you just keep doing it over and over again, like you're, there's going to be a crack and there's, it's going to open up. Like you just keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. There's a lot of idiots in this business and they also don't even have good taste. So you're working oh, no. <laughs> like, like it's true. Like they, it's like, you're working towards um, something that's pretty much impossible. And and like, you just have to keep doing it and you have to hit them over the head with it. You know, um, it's interesting. Like, and, and I think that doing the daily work is what actually keeps me sane. And I think keeps like a lot of people that I know, a lot of peers in the business, I think it keeps them sane too. Cause you can't, you can't wait around. Like you have your, I'm lucky enough to be in my, in a place in my career where I have a publicist, I have a manager, I have, you know, the people working for me, like a team of five to six people on a daily basis working. Um, but I still have to work. Like I still have to be working towards it too, because even though they're doing the daily hustle as well, and sometimes they're banging their heads against the wall, like there's no immediate outcome for any of this too. And it, yeah, like you said, like, it's really cool when there's, Rolling Stone writes about like a cool thing that happened on stage with friends or like you have a song that they talk about. Um, but those are just like little tiny things <laughs> and that it makes your day really great when that comes in. But then, but then, uh, it's like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What are we working towards? So, um, yeah, it's just constant, but it's good because there are, there will be a crack that'll open up with doing that daily hustle. And, and it does feel like a victory, but I think it's like a lot of, a lot of small victories really along the way. Like you're not, there's not a big payoff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I remember you told me when we were in Nashville, like I was at the beginning of a 10 year climb um <laughs> and you've definitely been doing this for over 10 years so how do you make that daily hustle that bang in your head to get that crack how do you make that sustainable over a long term because you've at least got what maybe 10 20 more years before you could sort of start cutting back on the work if you make enough money I don't know well you know I've there's a lot of people in this business that don't, well, artists specifically that don't retire. So you kind of hope that you, you can build to a place where you can have, you know, good enough guarantees for shows and good enough licensing as well. Um, where you don't have to tour as much. Like I don't, obviously I don't want to be touring 150 dates a year when I'm 60 years old, but 
you know, you look at people like Ray Wiley Hubbard again, or even someone like John Prine, or even someone like Joan Jett, like they all still tour. So it's, it's not like, it's not like you're working towards a goal where you want to stop, but yes, the work has to be cut back. So that's why at this stage of the game, when you're, I guess I'm kind of five years into a solo career, but like 10 to 12 years into like a music career for whatever I've done with different projects. Like you have to, you have to hustle really hard for a certain amount of time. And then you hope like it does open up where you can be making enough money to go on a vacation or (laughs) to do certain things. So I don't like, I, I don't even know if there is an answer for it to be sustainable. I think that, I think that, you know, what I said earlier about diversifying and having other, other things that you do within music, if you, if you can, like, if you can sing backups and if you can play guitar and if you can write with people, you know, you should do that all the time. There's a lot of people in town in Nashville that obviously make careers out of songwriting, but even the, even the writers that don't have writing careers, they still, um, they still will write all the time with people and hope that a song gets cut somewhere on a record, you know, and maybe it, uh, maybe it gets a a sink in a movie and then you, you know, you just get that writing money from that. So, so sustainability, I mean, I don't even, I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) There is no, there is no magic answer for that because I think again, to use the word cumulative, I think that's what it is like to make it sustainable. Like it's just the amount of work over time put in and you build, you just build it and you keep building it. Um, and your reputation is that like you build your reputation and you, and that is really the key. I think, um, that is all you have in this business is your reputation. So, every little bit of work and every bit of, and every facet of the industry, um, is, is important because it's all tied to your name and that's all you have. So if people are talking good things about you, you know, like even, even within, within the business, if you are coming into a show and you are an asshole to somebody or a sound man or a, or a venue owner or a promoter or this or that, like that, that stuff gets around and you know, people love to gossip in this industry. So work gets around really fast. So you have to like, yeah, that's your reputation is all you have. And if you just keep, keep building your name and keep, keep going and keep like, and I know that's not really, it's not really like stuff you can like answers you can hold on to and figure out, but it's like, that's kind of, you almost, Everybody has to figure out their own path within this because there, there are no two alike and you can try to, you can like do the, do the thing where you look at artists you like and model your, try to model your careers after that, but it's just not, it's not the same. And it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a crazy thing. Each city has its own unique music scene, its own approach to the business of music. So from a long list of vibrant cities with a strong music presence, how do you choose where to go? Do you even need to move to this city? 
Brandy is no stranger to this dilemma. Yeah, I think I think it is important. I think I think it depends on what your goals are, you know, cuz I'm not going to I'm not going to diss someone that is happy to live in a city that like Austin and then have their career and just kind of tour regionally. Like if someone's happy doing that, fantastic. But if you want to take things to a national level, um, I found it to be hard to get out of there. And I found the attitude to not be super, super hardworking. So plus you're in a, a state that is like a state of songwriters for sure. But but it's, um, I think, I think there's a limit to it. And I think you can, you can get very comfortable there doing something, doing like having a certain kind of career. And I, I did not want that for myself. I want to do it all. <laughs> so coming to a place where I could be in the center of it and where my leisure time could be tied in with with, you know, the dreaded word of networking. It's like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go to a bar in the evening when you're just whatever, hanging out and you meet so-and-so cause they're friends with so-and-so and oh, cool. Like, you know, not like you're trying to get stuff out of people, but it's just about the connections and it's about meeting these people and then seeing like maybe a year later, like you're actually working together or you're playing in a band together or something like that. Like there's just, you're not an alien here. Like everybody's working and it all, and it motivates you to work. I don't find that there is a competition here. I find that like, if you are, um, if your peers are working hard, like you work hard too. And, and it's just kind of understood. And I, and I love that. So Yes, the city can have a major impact on it, you know, depending on what your goals are. I think LA and New York are hard places to live just because of cost of living, you know, and without without some already good connections made in, in a city like those, I think it would be tough to live there. But place like Nashville, it's the cost of living is still fairly low that you can. But also too, you can just visit these places. You know, if you're like, if you're an artist or whatever, whatever you're doing in the industry, you can, you can, you can visit and you can, uh, like you did when you, when you came to town, like you connected with people and, and, um, and talked to people. And that's, I think that's the key too. And then going to, um, going to something like the Americana Fest or South by Southwest, even though these, those things are kind of annoying or Folk Alliance or whatever kind of like business festival stuff. Like just the more you show your face and the more that your name is talked about or the, you know, the more that you're inquiring about things, like it, it does just start to work somehow. If, if the quality of what you're doing is, is top notch, you know, moving your whole life in pursuit of a dream isn't necessarily required anymore. So what are you waiting for? If there's a city you'd like to have a presence in, save up some money, plan the trip, and get ready to network while you're there. We've made it about halfway through the show and we're going to have a quick pause. Ads are irritating distractions so they'll never be a part of the Musicians Can Thrive podcast. 
There are three things you can do that would be super helpful, though. One, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, subscribe. Two, share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. Text it to them, email it, or post it on your favorite social media platform. Three, if you're feeling extra generous, leave a quick review on your favorite podcast platform. I appreciate your support. Back to the show. Artists of all kinds, musicians or not, do what we do because we love it. It's a source of fuel that can keep you going in even the darkest moments. But at the same time, everyone has bills that need to get paid, so money needs to be earned somehow. It's challenging to reconcile this passion with your day-to-day needs, and learning when is the time to start asking people to pay you for your art is equally hard. That's a good question. That yeah, that's that's a good question. I think I think um if I remember correctly to my beginning days there was ne- you know, there was never a lot of guarantees at the beginning, if you know what I'm saying. Like it's a lot of playing for the door or playing for um tips or something, you know. And that's that's fine cuz that can actually that's that can be really good for people sometimes. Um, but I think it's like you, you know, you have to put things into perspective and know where you're at. And if you are a beginner, I think that you should take those things and you should play for free and you make ends meet other ways. And that is okay. You know, that's okay to be, even if half of your money is coming from music and the other half is the the coffee shop job or whatever it is working in the, in an office during a day or whatever, whatever it is, like, it's okay. Um, and then slowly you get better and then you realize your value is increased and you can maybe ask for that guarantee of a hundred dollars <laughs> for whatever show it is, or, you know, um, because you have, cause you've played enough where you have people coming and, and, um, or you're just awesome and you have, you know, you can talk to that owner or promoter or booker, whatever it is. And you can say like, like, Hey, you know, will you, will you, uh, pay me 50 bucks or hundred dollars or something like you can just kind of start to ask for it. Um, like there's kind of no set rules for that stuff, which is weird. I think that's also what makes everything about doing this so hard is that there are no rules. There are ways that are, that you're sort of supposed to unspoken rules that you're supposed to go about it. And you kind of figure that out as you go and people tell you about those things or you make a mistake and then you learn and you do it differently next time. But there's no rules. Like there's not even any rules right now for where I'm at in my stage where, where like you are hitting up all of these agents, like and there's no set amount of time for how long that's supposed to take to land somebody or when you're, you know, looking to get your first manager or how long it should take you to do a record. Like there's no right or wrong with this. It's kind of all up to you and how long you're willing to, you know, let it go for or what you're comfortable with. It's, it's kind of crazy, but I think in the beginning, someone who's starting to play out, 
um, they should, they should play for free. Like you, you just should for a while and that's okay. And then, and then it shifts and then it kind of morphs. Like I said, like you, you start with that door deal and, um, and then you, you know, you go from there. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that there are no rules because I've suspected as much for a while, just from my own ability to observe things and see how they play out and wonder, am I doing this right? Am I doing the right next step? What should that next step be? Um, and it's almost like on the one hand, it's such a wide open opportunity because there are no rules and you can make what you want of it. But I've definitely had this moment a couple times where it's like, okay, so there is this big old opportunity right in front of me. How the heck do I go about it? Because there are no rules. And so you just at some point have to trust your gut and go, well, starting is better than just staying here. Yes, that is true. That is absolutely true. And I think that that's the best thing you could do. Um, you take what you know, you use your resources to the best of your ability. You use your contacts you have. You talk to the people that you trust. You get advice from them and then you take all of that. And then, yeah, you trust your gut and you make a decision and you just start. And you have to, yeah, you have to start somewhere. Everybody does. You have to make something from nothing all of the time at no matter what stage of the game you're at. If you are, I mean, that's what writing is. That's what making music is. You are, you are making something out of nothing all the time. And it's like, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you do it? So yeah, you have to just start. And then, and then, um, most of the stuff that you do in the beginning is probably going to suck for everybody. Like it's just going to not be good. And then it just gets better because you just start over and over again. You do it every day. You, you, you know, yeah, you just do it over and over and over again. And even now, like even now, 10 years in or whatever, however many years it is, what, how old am I? Guess? Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> it's more than 10. It's like, that still is the key. And that is the key for everybody. Like you just keep doing it over and over and over again. It's too easy to get caught up in cycles of either feeling like what you create needs to be perfect or feeling like what you create has no hope of being as good as what the professionals are making. At the end of the day, there's nothing to improve upon if you haven't created something. It's okay to have a bad first draft. It's okay to have 10 bad first drafts. The key is to keep going so that 80-20 rule can balance out the work you'd like to hide with the work you're proud of. So I'm very curious because I don't think I've ever actually talked to you about this. What made you want to be a musician? Like what started this whole thing? Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't think I've really ever known anything else. Um, when I look back to being a child, um, 
for whatever reason, or maybe it was luck, I guess I just was starting to sing and be musical. And I had people in my life that saw that and they put me in a choir at like five years old. And then that was amazing. And then it just kind of, you know, there was a music teacher that put me in a musical theater thing and then, then told me to get voice lessons. And it was like, yes, I love this. This is incredible. Whoa. I love music. I love singing. And I was a child. <laughs> so, um, I guess I was lucky, you know, that I guess I showed some sort of talent at a young age. And then I had the enablers around me that just helped me. And then I did those things. And then I found, found out about songs, you know, and popular music. Found out about the Beatles. You know, I think I was only like briefly in double digit age at that time. And, and then I was like, wow, I can write songs. That's a thing. So that's what I did then. And then by the time I was 15, I was playing in little coffee shops in my hometown, like playing cover songs and then throwing in a couple of my own songs. So I guess like it's always been, it's always been there and it's been the one thing I've always done. Like it's, it's, uh, it's just a part of me since the beginning. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like it, it's kind of weird to say that. And I know it's like that for a lot of people. Um, but it's not something like that was that I discovered at this one moment. It's just always been. And, uh, I knew that I knew even, I think when I was a preteen, it's like, this is what I'm going to do. Absolutely. Like, of course, <laughs> what, what else can I do? Nothing. <laughs> this is, this is my talent. Like this is my gift. So this has to be the thing and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. It's kind of funny. I was having a conversation with my husband the other day about how we, I think it was maybe on my birthday or something. It's like we, you know, he is also, has been a professional musician for most of his adult life and ha- you know showed interest in as a young age in music and started playing drums really young and he is uh he's in a couple different bands and they tour around and they do incredible shows and we're both at this place in our careers where you know like if we put in a good solid couple more years doing this hustle of where we're at, like, it's really going to start to work out and pay off. Um, and we were talking about how it really just comes down to being really fucking stubborn. I really think that you have to be like, he's like, we're, yeah, we're really talented, whatever, but we're fucking stubborn. It's like, yeah, you're right. Like we're, we are, we're stubborn. Like we could, we could have given this up long ago and had, normal jobs and be making way more money, but we're stubborn. We want to do this and we get, we get to do incredible, crazy things. And we're lucky enough that we get to do a lot of those together now, which is incredible. You know, like we find ourselves in situations all the time where like so-and-so just gave us all this free shit. And then, you know, we're at this festival and we're hanging out with so-and-so and yeah, we don't have a lot of money, but these things are, these things are what make us rich. You know, it's, 
it's, it's incredible what we get to do and what we get to see all the time. Um, but yeah, the stubborn thing, it comes down to that. And I think I'll thank my parents for that. They're really stubborn people. They're hardworking folks. Um, they instilled that in me for sure. Um, but yeah, music has always been, and I'm, I mean, I think it's a blessing and a curse. I think it's a love, I think it's a love hate relationship. You know, I think it's, it is like a super, it's dichotomy all the time with it, but, but it is, it's what it is. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything else. Like it's too late to do anything else. (laughs) Like this is it, you know, and it's always been, and I'm, as much as I I have the worst days with it and, and I get so down and I know this is the case for so many of, of my friends and peers, like you can have dark, dark days with it where you feel like, um, like where the hell is the next paycheck going to come from? What are my prospects? Haven't written a song in a while. Like what, what the hell is going to happen? You know, but then like, the universe is kind of like, if you, if you, if you do just keep working, like I really feel like the universe will conspire with you, (laughs) not against you, you know? So, um, like you just don't know what is for four months, 10 months ahead of you. Um, and you just got to keep working towards the goal. And luckily enough, I've been blessed too with being kind of business savvy to get this far and, and really be able to hustle business wise too. Um, but there does become a point in time as well in careers where you have to give that, you have to, you have to give control to other people. Like you have to, you have to delegate and you have to let, to trust people to, deal with the suits, you know, and, and, and deal with the business so you can really concentrate, but never fully give up. You have to have a hand in it all, all the time and you can keep in tabs on stuff, but you know, it's, it's a crazy thing. Once again, I'll say that (laughs) (laughs) it's a crazy, crazy business to be in. And I don't know, I may have said this to you when we hung out, uh, like I, I tell people all the time, like if there is something you want to do and can do other than this, you should go do that because you need to want to do this 150%. Like you have to want it and you have to be able to do nothing else or like you have to, I know again, Ray Wiley Hubbard will come up. I remember him saying like, you have to play and songwrite and do all the things like your life depends on it, which kind of happens because your life does depend on it. (laughs) So, you know, some of the stages of the game. I want to repeat something Brandy said, because it's very important. If there's something else besides music that you can do well, that you want to do, go ahead and do it. Just because it's easier than it's ever been for you to build your own musical career does not mean you have to. Not by any means. It takes dedication and a hell of a lot of hard work. So take a moment to check in with yourself. Is it worth it to you? It's kind of 
weird. I had this moment when I was trying to figure out if I wanted to be a performing artist or not. And it was actually right in the middle of South by Southwest. So on the one hand, I was going and seeing these incredible shows. I saw Nikki Lane and Jonathan Tyler play together. And my jaw was just on the floor the whole time. I was like, this is the greatest show. But at the same time, I didn't have this usual feeling that I do of like, you know, I want to be right up with them on that stage. So then I had this moment of like, shit, do I want to do music at all? This is weird. I've only ever done music for so long. And I kind of tried to stop writing songs, stop playing guitar, see if I could do it, see if it was real. And I wrote like three of the best songs I've written in two years in a span of two weeks. And I wasn't even trying. And I was just like, well, okay, I guess this is something I can't turn off. That's awesome. I mean, the fact that you're wise enough and aware, self-aware enough to, to do that and to kind of see, see about it, you know, it's your way ahead of so many. <laughs> Thank you. I was kind of losing my shit. I was a little bit not knowing what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though. I think that you have to, no matter what it is, you kind of have to lose your shit sometimes to figure out what it is you really want. I'm wondering what you would say is your making it moment. It may have already come. It might still be in the future, but what is your kind of ideal world as a musician? What would your day-to-day life look like? Well, I think that the, the making it moments, um, I think that they, they come, they, they come all the time and then they go like, I, I had a wonderful moment when I was in my old band in Canada you know, we were nominated for some Juno awards and then we got to play Canada day in London in Trafalgar square to, you know, incredible amounts of people. It's like those kind of moments are making it moments. They're also they, like, they're, they're all the time, even just recording with who I get to record with sometimes. I'm like, holy shit, this is incredible. Like I'm working with some of the best people in the world. Also, you know, I, had a making it moment when I was on tour with buddy guy in the spring where I'm playing the most incredible theaters to an incredible audience and they're getting what I'm doing and I'm opening up for a a legend, you know? So there's all like they, they're all the time, but I think, and I think the, the important thing is to recognize them and like to, to be humbled by them too. And to realize like you have come far Um, and there still is, you know, there's still ways to go, but I also have making it moments just within my own playing. Like I, um, I've worked really hard at guitar and just a couple weeks ago got on stage with Lily Hyatt and Margo Price and we did a Neil Young song and like, I ripped a solo, you know, like, and I, that's a making it moment for me. Cause I, I'm always one who plans shit like that, <laughs> but like to get up and just sit in and to, you know, to, to do that kind of shit. Like that's also for me, like a personal moment that isn't, necess- well, I guess it was a public moment too, but 
but but like ideally though i uh making it though i mean i think that being able to make a living at all is is pretty incredible at this no matter what stage of the game um it ebbs and flows so i would love to have just some consistency i think in terms of i can go out on the road and do my show all the time to the ability that like to where I want it to be to people that want to hear it playing clubs and theaters, like really just something. Yeah. Like sustainability (laughs) we all wish for it, (laughs) but, but that would be great. You know, just like, um, to continue to make records and to get better and to make better records and to work with different people and, you know, uh, have a consistent band and just be, to be on the road playing incredible, incredible shows and then making records. Like that's really all I want in life. Like my music life, you know? (laughs) So I'm also starting to produce, I'm also starting to produce records for people. And that's something that's really exciting. Uh, that's going to be happening. Um, Cause you know, like I'm looking into my future for when I am in my sixties and seventies and I can't go on the road as much. I mean, hell, who knows? I probably still will be doing stuff on the road, but, um, I want to, you know, have my own studio and I want to be making records for people. Uh, so I'm starting that, you know, and that's really, that's really cool too. So all of the things, I mean, my heroes, um, are Daniel Lenoir people like him, someone like Jonathan Wilson, Blake Mills, they're all producer artists and they, I love everything they produce. I love everything they do. And they kind of have these careers where they, they tour their own stuff. They come home, they make records for people. They put out their own records. I mean, that's ideal. I would love to do all that stuff. And I mean, I am already doing that. So that's making it in one way, you know, but you, I think you can't stop dreaming. I think that's one thing that's kind of, that sounds really cheesy, but you have to keep, keep kind of, uh, setting your sights on things and looking ahead and like thinking about, thinking about the future and thinking about like dreaming bigger. Cause I've had a really cool career. I've done some crazy things. I've been on stage with some crazy people, you know? and made records with amazing folks. Well, I had a fantastic time talking to Brandy. Please check the show notes for links to find her music, social media, and all that fun stuff. One last thing before you go today. There are techniques, strategies, and routines that work best for different people. With that in mind, I encourage you to consider this. If you want to build a career as a performing musician... Are you willing to show up every day and give 150%? What's one thing you can do starting today to build that cumulative momentum for yourself?